0: Hey, I'm Clint McGill and excited to be on this podcast with you here today with Christian Ballard. And uh, Christian is a, a personal trainer and uh, does a few more things, other than that, we'll get to it in the uh, in the, the podcast episode here. But uh, Christian, he trains all sorts of different people. He's uh, trained Olympic skaters, um, uh, professional hockey, baseball, has a ton of baseball athletes that he's training in the off season. And uh, it's just tremendous work here based out of the North Texas area. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Um, Christian has put together a program, a speed and strength program, two different ones. And uh, they're just fantastic. I know my my son's gone through it before uh, locally, and Christian has packaged that up into something that people can use at home. And uh, it's a phenomenal off-season program. Like I said, it's about nine weeks in length and uh, very simple. Two days a week for each program. They can be done at the same time or or uh, separately. And I'm telling you, if you think it'd be helpful for your kid to be faster or stronger once their season starts up here in a couple of months, then we got you covered right here, right? And in this episode, Christian shares uh, a lot on you know, what are some common mistakes that are being made out there, some kind of eyewash drills that are really popular that don't move the needle, and some of the biggest exercises that uh, provide the most bang for the buck. And uh, you know what parents are doing wrong, what kids are doing wrong uh, at the lower ages. And uh, be sure to stick around at the very end of the episode. Um, I think he makes some very strong points on you know how we need to be navigating this youth baseball this youth sports uh life that we have ahead of us right because the whole key is for our kids to be around whenever it's 17 years old for them to accomplish their dreams and maybe adjusting how we're approaching you know the 8 10 12 year old range uh can really help benefit that so i think has some really gold there so and one thing, too, I want to thank you in advance for uh, your patience on the audio. Christian and I filmed this thing together uh, a short time ago, and uh, we're messing with the microphone. Thought we had it figured out. And uh, anyway, a few times during the episode, it kind of goes from uh, staticky a little bit. So just a little heads up in advance. And uh, I know the baseball notes and Strong Mind Sports Nation's about as uh, patient as they come, so I appreciate that here. And uh, the the content's just so good, I didn't want you to miss out on it. So anyway, just a little heads up on that. So if you have any questions on that workout program, um, check out strongmindsports.com. We've got it there. Send me an email, Clint at baseballnotes.co. I can get you hooked up. Uh, I'm telling you not going to want to miss it. So without further ado, here is our interview with Mr. Christian Ballard. All right, Christian. Thanks for being with me here today.
1: Yeah, Clint. Uh, glad to be here and thanks for having me. Yeah. No No problem. So, uh, first
0: let me ask you a question. Uh, what do you call yourself? Because whenever I would talk, we've known each other for a while now. And when your name comes up, I'll refer to you as like a personal trainer. And I almost feel like I'm doing you a disservice here with, with what you do. So how would you define what
1: you do? So that's a, a loaded question. Um, <laughs> to some, I am a personal trainer. To some, I'm a strength and conditioning coach, athletic performance specialist. Uh, to some, I'm a fitness coach. It just depends on the clientele and, and what their needs are. Um, so, for example, we work with people from general population who need personal trainers to uh, our figure skating team USA athletes who need fitness coaches um, to our baseball and our other uh, team sport athletes who need strength and conditioning. So um, that's it's funny. That's a bit of a, uh, a common topic now in the industry is what do we call ourselves? Those that working in the private sector with teams, with athletes. Um, So I would say to wrap all of that into one, I am a athletic performance specialist, um, and that that encompasses.
0: I tell somebody like you're a personal trainer, like, oh yeah, my cousin personal trains over at this local gym. I'm like, I feel like I feel like this is a little different, you know what I mean? So um, anyway, well, tell us a little bit about um, how you got started, a little bit of your background. I know you're working with all these. You know, professional athletes and all these different sports now, and uh, tell them a little bit about your athletic background and how you just basically got started in this industry.
1: So, so I grew up playing multi-sport uh, football, baseball, basketball, really anything with a ball. And you know, was a kid that as soon as you got home was was playing until the lights came on and mom said, "Let's go eat." Um, through high school, stuck with baseball and football into college. Uh, continued to play football. My career ended at the collegiate level, really before it got started. Um, And that left kind of a hole in my heart for wanting to continue to be involved with sports. Um, Through the process of playing football, and in American football, strength and conditioning is a huge component. That's really the introduction for a lot of kids. Um, But I fell in love. I, I remember working out with my dad in our garage from the age of 13 all the way through high school Um, some good some bad but we were training and so when my career ended and I was looking for what was next I thought I was going to be a coach and I thought I was going to coach starting at the high school level for for football Um, but as I started my family and had a wife and had a couple kiddos I realized that sport coaching at the high school level is a whole lot of hours and not a lot of time for family Um, and so I decided to take a different route I Entered my first gym as a personal trainer um, in 2014 and immediately got hooked up with a couple athletes. Um, I was able to share some inside knowledge, not only on how I train, but what it takes to play at the next level from a nutritional standpoint, from a time, energy, effort, from a skill set standpoint. And I fell in love. I knew that that was going to be my niche. Uh, and since then, I have really focused through multiple certifications and kind of the alphabet soup of uh, of certifications. Um, dove into as many different specialties as I could to help my athletes get better. And uh, and yeah, I, I fell in love with it. Nice,
0: nice. Yeah,
1: and uh, and I ran into Christian. They're running a uh, a winter.
0: Camp where it was uh, they called the bomb squad right with the uh, I took my my son who was I think he was eight at the time and uh, And so they were doing some hitting and then they were also uh, About half the time doing some workouts and uh, speed and strength and that was really what we were there for and Because uh, we had, hadn't done anything at that point in time and watching Christian work with the guys I was like this is this is really some high-level stuff here. You know what? I mean, it was more than we even bargained for it was fantastic and uh, so anyway, it, it kind of made me yeah, uh, be curious in what Christian was doing and, and how we could offer that to other people and and uh, and that type of thing. So um, so let me ask you a question that um, I think a lot of parents have is that with with speed in particular, is that something that you feel can be coached? I think there's a, a premise that you either got it, or you don't, right? And you know some kids are big, you know like in a, in a weight perspective, and or some are really light. And, you know, speed is not something people really work on, I think, because they think there's not much improvement. Like, what's your take on
1: that? So, speed can definitely be trained. Speed is a skill. Just like hitting is a skill, throwing is a skill, uh, fielding is a skill. It is something that can be developed. Now, we're not going to take the, the slowest kid on the team and make him Usain Bolt and break world records but we can improve his speed to his best potential. So genetics are always going to be a limiting factor, but that doesn't mean that we can't train to get faster. Um, and, and really it is vital for kids between the ages of about 11 to 14 to really focus on their speed. Um, that window, uh, and even uh, I take that back, before that eight to 14, that window, that six year period is when the central nervous system, which every one of us have and our nervous system controls um, kind of the athlete we're going to be, um, that, that, that window, that six-year window is when we can mold our central nervous system to become a more s- speed-based, powerful athlete. So if we're training to run fast, to throw hard, to jump high, to swing hard, we're going to be able to do those things and we're going to develop those athletic qualities and those traits. Um, during that period where the, the brain and the nervous system is like a sponge. Okay, I gotcha, I
0: gotcha. So I know there's a lot of a lot of people kind of talk about, you know, letting kids be kids, let's not mess with them, or whatever. And uh, it seems that, you know, we're, it, it just seems to be more of a uh, casual lifestyle that we're living today. And that's a good thing, right? Like I'm not hammering on kids, right? But there's just not the, the cows to milk with the buckets to carry and that type of thing. And uh, so they're not getting the the strength training that life normally would throw at them, you know, years ago. So when you get an athlete, let's say he's 13, 14, 15, about ready to enter high school and, you know, hasn't done a whole lot of athletic training uh, up until that point, like what's, a, what's some common flaws that you see?
1: At that age, that 13 to 15 age, most uh, boys are going through puberty or about to start puberty. So they're still in that awkward stage. And as their their limb lengths grow and they're starting to get taller, um, some of their athleticism and some of their natural raw strength they had uh, as a younger kid starts to diminish. And so what we really see is the, that age frame, that 13 to 15, puts a huge emphasis on not only overall body strengthening and athletic development, but um, it really starts with the core. Uh, what we see is limbs get longer, kids get taller, they get more awkward, they You know, they they went from the kid who was real smooth to the kid who's figuring out his body. And so what we like to do at that age, um, we have a a theory or a a, a saying, movement over maxes. We try to teach them how to be good movers and help aid them learn uh, their new bodies, essentially. So, of course, we want to look for increasing their strength, increasing their speed and athletic performance. Uh, But we want to help them move well so that when puberty uh, gets completed and their bodies are able to start catching up they can move often and they can move big loads and they can start really putting on some size and some strength. gotcha I gotcha okay and then so these guys who are younger let's say you know as they
0: before they're getting into puberty let's say the 8 to 10 12 range somewhere in there um, what is it with those guys are you seeing a lot of guys that can you can you tell a difference between like the guys who play multiple sports versus the ones who are just kind of they love let's say baseball and so they're just playing baseball year-round do those guys move differently than those who are you know into other sports we do We
1: uh, kids who have only played baseball from the time they were born until they see us at at eight or nine years old Um, and these kids can't necessarily uh, do a, what we'd consider a third world squat where they can squat with their hips between their heels. Um, you know, it's it's tougher for them to move as a normal athlete uh, but if you give them, a, roll them a tennis ball or a baseball, they can field it and act as if they're turning two like it's nothing. Uh, so what we see is, is kids that don't have this movement library Uh, To pull from because they haven't had a lot of experiences and and that's due in part to them being a single sport athlete But it's also due to a lack of recess a lack of PE um, Video games so a lack of just getting outside and playing we're not getting as much uh, Exposure to movement as we used to and so the best thing we can do uh, for these athletes is one get them early into uh, activities like gymnastics or karate uh, or judo, or whatever it is, to where they have these full-body strengthening. It's not specific to a sport, um, but they're just learning how to move their body in time and space. And those kids seem to come in the facility and be the absolute best movers, and then be the absolute best athletes as, as they grow.
0: Um, yeah, it's a funny story. I think you'll appreciate this. Um, a couple of years, well, a year and a half ago, I think it was, um, my wife and I, we got a new mattress, right? And so we moved the old mattress... Uh, we drug it out of the bedroom into, like, the room right next to it is a, uh, it should be a dining room, but we never put a dining table actually in there, It was just kind of like a play area for the kids, and so we just set this mattress in there just sort of while we got the other one set up and, uh, and didn't know what to do with it, and so our kids loved it, right? Like, all of a sudden, it was like a foam pit in the house almost, right. like, they're, I'm throwing them, you know, they want diving catches, and uh, anyway, fast forward to present day, it is still in the front room, and... Our, our, uh, our, my wife, she's, she's kind of embarrassed by it, but she sees the difference. Uh, cause like my son will stack things up and he'll like, he can actually do like a front flip over it now, right? And, uh, and so I'm torn because it looks awful having just a mattress laying in your house. But at the same time, I've been able to see a real difference and it's just been kind of eye opening. It was like, man, like he's just having fun and, uh, and he's getting all this like, you know, extra benefit there. I can see where if it's just like, hey, you know, time for practice, let's go to the field, let's go to here, and, like, that's the only activity they get. I mean, sure, it's a ton, we do it all the time, but I can see where, athletically, that's really limiting, you know what I mean? Just focusing on that, so. All right, so what's, the, what's like, one of the worst pieces of advice that you see given out that uh, is commonly out there on strength training or speed training, anything with like, the youth level, what's some common advice that, uh, that you don't really agree with?
1: So, we'll start with the speed. Um... A common thing that we see is, and, and it's all over the social media, especially on Instagram where you get the videos, is uh, these kind of feet work and, and speed feet specialists. And you'll see these elaborate ladder schemes and cones and these hurdles and you know kids that are taking, it looks like about 100 strides within a span of about five yards and not really gaining ground or moving at all. Um, and what we see is that that just doesn't translate to sport. Um, it may translate to you know, tap dancing or, or something where you got to move a lot in one little space, but most sports that we talk about, football, baseball, basketball, soccer, hockey, um, the, the whole goal is to gain ground when you put your foot in the ground. You want to move somewhere. You're going from point A to point B, and you want to get there in the fewest strides possible. Um, if you look at track athletes, the guy who wins the race took the fewest amount of strides because he put the most force in the ground and he traveled the most distance over time. So that's a huge, huge common flaw that we see. Don't get enamored by these feet work specialists who have their seven year old, you know, moving at what looks like hyperspeed. Uh, a lot of times the videos are sped up to begin with, but uh, it just doesn't translate. You get guys who can move their feet really quick, but don't necessarily move anywhere. Uh, and I'm not saying that, that ladders are, are not worth your time or, or, or not worth using at all. We love them for our warmups we're not developing speed with that. What we're developing is coordination, rhythm, motor timing, um, and some conditioning to the feet and ankle complex, which is gonna help us when we go do some more dynamic things like actual sprinting, where you're putting forces in the ground, the ankle and the foot have to handle those forces, but now they've had some tissue prep time to do so. So that would be number one on the, on the quote unquote speed training that is just not hitting the mark these days. And then from a strength training standpoint, I think it's simply kids are trying to move too much weight too soon. Um, as you mentioned earlier, Clint, uh, you know we don't live in a world where we're chopping wood and uh, you know and carrying hay bales and carrying feed buckets and you know doing a lot of manual labor growing up. You know we may take out the trash a couple times a week, but that's about it. So we don't have this kind of Milo bull, Milo's bull principle of a little bit of gradual. Uh, progress over time kids are coming into weight rooms without ever lifting at all and because their buddies uh, you know are are, are with them they want to show off and so they're trying to lift as much weight as possible and you get some some coaches out there who you know again for the likes on the social media are taking these videos encouraging it and putting it out there and so what we see is I get a ton of kids who come to me from their schools or from other coaches strength coaches Um, They have low back injuries. They have disc issues at the age of 12. They have pars fractures at the age of 12 Um, And it's just a very scary sight to see these kids should be doing nothing but getting better and unfortunately because people want uh, You know to post about look how strong little Johnny is kids are getting hurt So, you know kids at that age need to worry about movement 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 over maxes if it looks good and it moves fast, you're going to get better overall than you are if you're moving a heavy, heavy load slowly with, prop, with poor form.
0: Like what would be a really good exercise for them? Like something more like with body weight uh, related versus let, let's just take 10 years old, for example. Kind of like that middle middle uh, mark of you know guys who are pre-puberty, uh, but kind of, you know, they're not babies either. You know what I mean? What's some good exercises for them? What's something that you really like? Let's say one of your top one or two, just to, uh, you know, it's probably a laundry list of them, but for most bang for your buck, what should they be working on for strength?
1: So most bang for my buck exercises, and I'm going to wrap back around to this, but we want to look at it from a standpoint of um, kind of what we call the developmental sequence model. And that basically is, if you look at uh, babies when they're born from about the age of zero to three or four, um, how do these babies develop? Uh, because what we see is our best movers are our two- and three-year-olds, out of everybody in our population. And if you watch a two-year-old, if you watch my, my, my now four-year-old, but you, if you watch her when she was three, if she walks up to an object to pick it up and she can't move it, she leaves it alone. She wants something that she can grab and then carry somewhere, right? Um, if she walks to an object and, you know, learning to stand and pulls up on the couch and falls down, um, I am not going to overcoach her on, you know, trying to get her in the right positions and, and do these things. is a very low risk to reward, or it's a, yeah, very low risk to reward uh, scenario with that. I'm going to let her work those things out. And so, with that being said, I want to find exercises for my guys that they can develop, that they can learn and work through on their own without having a high risk factor. So, am I going to put my kid on a heavy trap bar deadlift at the age of twelve? Um, I want to work to that eventually, but that's a lot of coaching that takes place when I maybe want to start him with some farmer's carries. Grab a couple of dumbbells that are about 25 to 50% of body weight, something you can carry, and go for a 100-meter walk, right? Uh, grab a, or go, go for some crawls. We do a ton of crawling variations. We call it engaging the horizontal plane. Um, holding your body weight over space uh, is one of the lost arts in strength and conditioning. The amount of strength you get in the shoulder complex, the core, the neck, the back, um, really all those things that make a really strong, good athlete, uh, you you get from crawling. Uh, A test we like to do is we call it our 10-minute crawl test. We have our guys on a 10-minute clock crawl. Uh, and the goal is to not come to the ground. You can stop, you can push up into what we'd consider like a downward dog yoga position and relax for a second, but do not go to the ground. Uh, we do that. We do six minute carries, we do 10 minute carries. We try to do things to build work capacity uh, through good movement that's not going to leave them injured. It's going to leave them sore, it's going to leave them tired, and it's going to teach their brain that, hey, this is a stressful environment, but something I can handle. I'm going to adapt to this so that I can get stronger at it. And the kids who can crawl for 10 minutes and carry a heavy object for 10 minutes are the kids that are going to have the most success in the weight room down the line. So if I had two things that I'm giving a 12-year-old to do uh, that's a very high reward, very low risk, it's crawls and carries
0: yeah it reminds me of uh i don't even know if i watched this movie but the the was one of the rockies where they they fought the russian guy and the russian guy was like had all that training and the uh science labs and everything and rocky was out like in the in some little wilderness deal lifting like old tree logs you know what i mean Uh,
1: yeah as far as speed goes like what's what's like the most bang for the buck there is just getting out and running i mean what's it it, is when we think about speed the only way to get faster is to run at maximal effort. We talked about the nervous system earlier. The nervous system controls everything, and the nervous system is what's going to adapt to allow you to increase your stride length and your stride frequency. And to do that, you've got to sprint at full speed. So one of my favorite things to do, um, you know, if, if it's a dad and his son and they don't have a buddy with them to to do a little cat mouse, uh, is Take your kid out, take a football, and have him go 30-yard go routes and launch that thing as far as you can because he's going to run his butt off trying to catch that ball. Have him do it, walk back, take a breather, do it again. Uh, Not only are you going to get to bond with your kid, uh, but he's going to get faster not knowing it because he's having an awesome time. So, um, you know, as we get older and we get into more of the train-to-train stage uh, of what I would consider from, you know, 13, 14 up where kids are, Buying into the training process they want to be here then yes, we're working on more technique We're working on specific distances and, and form and, and sprinting those distances uh, But from from about 8 to 13, you know, it's just get out there and compete and and that's the best way to get fast we, we actually started doing some of that in our practices, you know
0: We saw it in your program where they're doing these push-up starts and if you check out Christian's program You'd see it in there and uh, and anyways kids I'm like so impressed with how competitive they are. Right. Like to the, like they they will put themselves into like dangerous levels of of like you know uh, their breathing. You know what I mean to like get, beat their teammate and uh, and so we incorporated that into practice. I don't know once a week something like that and uh, and it's it's truly there's some guys that like oh I had no idea that you were that fast. Right. Like we we run down to first base or whatever and they're just like you know normal and then he's got an extra gear because he's now racing against another guy you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense as far as like you know make anything competitive with the kid and suddenly it goes to level 11 you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like they just take it up a notch so uh, all right very cool christian well i'll give you the last question right here and uh you know you're dealing with with athletes who you know all of our kids uh, all of our kids are dreaming to be you know what i mean they're training for the olympics they're playing professional baseball And uh, for all the parents out there who have kids who, you know, maybe they're 10, 12, 8, shoot, any age there, uh, what's some parting advice that uh, you could give them that that would help position their kids best for whenever those kids are, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old? Like, what what should they be doing now? How serious should they be taking this?
1: So, Clint, I think it really comes down to how eager the kid is to to want to get involved in, in a facility like mine. Um, you know, if he has n- absolutely no interest in coming in and working with us, then, then we don't necessarily want him there, not because we don't want to work with him, but because, um, you know, you don't want that burnout before, <clears throat> before they get to the age where they, they absolutely need the training to take them to the next level. With that being said, there is tremendous value that we can provide for kids, you know, starting at eight years old kids do not have the same access to physical what i would call literacy as they used to um i mentioned it before but there's a great reduction my daughter's in in elementary school now and she gets to go to pe one day a week Um, she gets a 30 minute recess once a day so if i had her in four different activities at night she would have very little unstructured playtime so what we like to do you know, for example, an eight-year-old comes into our facility. Our eight to our ten-year-olds are a uh, what we call fundamentals training group, and we do things like obstacle courses where they're doing monkey bars, they're jumping over boxes, they're throwing med balls over boxes, they're playing you know battle battle ship with, with med balls, trying to we call it nuke them. They're getting an incredible training effect. They're getting a ton of physical literacy. Um, But they're having an absolute blast where it's probably the funnest part of a lot of these kids days Um, Being that it's my facility. It's sad that I have to say that these kids should should have that exposure outside of it but they just don't so um, I think it just comes down to what does the kid want to do as far as how eager is he to get better at his sport and What is what are the outside factors that he has is he playing multiple sports? Is he playing one sport if your kid is in one sport he needs to get more uh, or a greater movement environment than just that sport. It is vital for kids that are one sport athletes that that's their only activity to do something else. So uh, you know, find somebody near you who has the similar approach to us that it should be fun, uh, they need a lot of movement variety, kids need to be sk- skipping and jumping and throwing and rotating and twisting and climbing and crawling and doing all those things we used to do in the backyard for hours. Uh, they need to be doing it on a weekly basis. If they're not going to go and do it on their own because they're playing Minecraft all day, get them in a gym and, and, and let them start doing that. And, and you know, if you're in our area, come see us because we'll take care of it for you. Nice. So I like what you're saying. Some of your drills are, are really uh,
0: uh, fun. You know, like you said, like the competition and involving the football, you know what I mean? Like it just gets kids to go, hey, I am didn't even realize I was working out. I'm just enjoying myself.
1: Right. So I like and, that. And to touch base on that, Clint, uh, uh, what we see in, and statistics show in our area, specifically, less and less kids are trying out for their high school teams and high school sports than ever, uh, and that's just simply because you know. From and, and so, like baseball is not bad. There's a lot of good coaches doing a lot of good things, but kids are getting burnt out because they lose the fact that sports are for fun. Sports are not intended to be a stressful, uh, anxiety-causing thing in kids' lives. And whatever we can do to reduce that and to bring some fun into a kid's life, and see that physical physicalness and movement is fun, um, it's really building a lifelong of fitness and movement uh, that we want to see. So these these kids that are having fun and playing sports turn into parents who want their kids to have fun playing sports uh, and not looking at it like a job. So,
0: yeah, no, that's I think that's the nail on the head right there. I mean, uh, really well said. I know. You see kids quitting at ten. I already, we're already starting to see it at some of our age, and I mean they're a hundred pounds away from their man body at least. You know what I mean? And it's just not been fun for them. And who knows what they'd have been come seventeen when it matters? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Once actually somebody's paying attention to what they're doing, and uh, they didn't get there because it just wasn't all that wasn't all that fun. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. Exactly right. So uh, anyway, a little word to the wise there. So Christian, thank you so much for being here. And uh, if you guys have any questions, check out Christian's program. I'll drop a link into it here. Uh, just fantastic stuff. Um, really seen a lot of good results with it on our end. And uh, check them out on Instagram. We're at Maps Academy. Is that right? Yes, that's it. At Maps Academy. I'll drop a link for that too. And uh, any questions at all, you guys know how to reach me. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here. We'll talk to you soon.